Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down World Football Index's podcast for your Calcio to go. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing? It's my birthday, Eve, Eve, Eve. So Sounds I'm, made up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I'm drinking to that. I'm practicing. I emptied this. But there was only it was like only up to about there. All right. That's better so, than nothing. It's all right. Mixing it mixing cool. with a little seven up. So celebrating Inter. the uh precipice of being on the precipice of three Serie A teams qualifying for the last eight of the UEFA yeah. Champions League. Every Premier League fanboy's worst nightmare uh coming to light, even though Manchester City and and uh, uh Chelsea are through and um uh, were that was those the only English teams? Yeah, they're get, yeah Liverpool. Liverpool Liverpool might. Go they well, might. No, they're, well, might. They're down three going to the Bernabeu. <laughs> they're not. Don't you dare disrespect Don Carlo on these airwaves on this podcast. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> with a Dortmund, a Dort, with a Dortmund coach out coaching Don Carlo to a comeback, you're 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 saying that they might. You can, Richard, this is just not a way to start a podcast. So. I only know him as a Liverpool manager and a Mainz manager, so you know. <laughs> Eduardo celebrating. Um, of course you are. Congratulations. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying yourself, uh, Eduardo, inter, or, our Inter fan there in the chat. Anthony's been celebrating for a week as a Milan fan in the chat. We've been celebrating, of course, uh, as uh, the two Milan clubs go through. Uh, we expect unless they have this absolute colossal collapse tomorrow that Napoli will go through uh, and reach the last eight, giving us again three uh, Serie A teams, uh, more teams than any other league in the last eight. Uh, you know, not often we've been able to, not often, very rare we've been able to say that. In fact, it's <laughs> yeah. been a long, long time since we've been able to say that. So congratulations to Serie A this season. Uh, and the teams involved in the European competitions, we've got teams that have advantages in the Europa League and in the uh, and in the Conference League. We've got one that's got a little bit of work to do that may not be able to see it through. Um, but we're going to talk. We're going to talk about all of that stuff. But I think we probably just start, Richard, with the game that's most fr- most fresh on our minds here. Uh, what went down today at Dra- at the Dragao um, with Inter and Porto playing to a nil nil draw. I mean, brass tacks. You and I talked about this last week. We just said they're not going to win in Porto. They got to come out of there with a draw. We thought score draw was probably the realistic outcome for Inter to go through, but they hold Porto nil nil uh, and and go through to the uh, quarterfinals. Um, you know, just start start with that and start with um, uh, Inter doing the Italian job, as they say. Uh, in getting to the quarterfinals. Yes, yeah, second week in a row, an Italian team has done the Italian job on the opposition. Uh, an- another 0-0 game where they defended for their lives. Um, a quality goalkeeper forced to make a fantastic save at the death for both teams. 
Uh, very mirror-like, and both teams are from the same city, right? Uh, Milan last week, Inter this week. Uh, Inter with their yellow jerseys is always going to be difficult. We said it, you know, before this le- before the two legs started that Inter had to win at home because, like you said, they're not going to win in Porto. They get a draw at best, uh, and when they got the win in Milan last year or last year, last week or last first leg, and so they're sitting with a one goal advantage uh, coming to this leg, and you know, look, starting the starting eleven coming out for. For the road team, which was Inter, uh, Onana in goal, which is a massive upgrade from what they used to be. Uh, back three of Bastonia, Cherby, and Darmian. Uh, midfield five of Di Marco, Mikatari, and Chalanolu, Barella, and Dumfries with uh, Martinez and Jekyll up top. Um, it was a strong lineup uh, and a team that's a pretty much a similar format. It was the same formation you, you, you normally see with, with Inter. You knew this was going to be a defensive game. Um <laughs> Maybe Inter didn't get the memo to begin the game with because I mean you look at the lineup that came with that that Porta came up with and it's, it's a four four two a team that can score goals we've seen it in their own league uh, Jago Costa and goal Pepe Cardoso Marcano and Zaidu and back um, Estacao Oribe Grujic and Galeno in the middle and then Evan, um, Evan Nielsen and Taremi up top um, I think Inter started this game too wide open. And I, I commented within the first you know, couple minutes of the game, like, if they're going to continue to be wide open like this, they're going to lose this game. You cannot afford to play a team like this, this Porto team, at their home where they're so good, wide open. You cannot. And luckily, within the first 15, 20 minutes for, for Interisti, they clamped it down and they got back to brass tacks and, and played, you know, the Italian way and played defending, uh, defending for the lives. Dumfries had a pretty good game, I think, overall uh, in this game as the Chilinolu. Uh, I think arguably man of the match in this game as well. Onana had a good game, especially at the very end. Uh, but what we saw is Inter started clamping down opportunities for both teams got limited. I think both goalkeepers had to make saves, you know, throughout the game. But um, yeah. uh, good, good defensive performance. Again, it's it's not the most stylistic or aesthetically pleasing game to watch, like the Milan game. Same same thing. But it didn't matter at this point. It's all about getting through in these two legs. That's what Inter did. Inter, full credit to them. They move on to the quarterfinals. You know, I don't necessarily have uh, too much tr- too much of a problem with Inzaghi maybe setting his team up to, uh, you know, to have a little bit of a go at Porto at the beginning stages of the game because you, you if maybe you catch them starting slow, get yeah. a quick goal, and make the make the uh, uh, make the responsibility or make the task more difficult for Porto. So I didn't mean DeMarco found himself in some pretty wide open spaces on the left-hand side. And you saw Inter doing a lot of that in the first leg at the San Siro where they found the opposite wing back and then that guy was crossing it in and they were trying to see if they could create chances off of that. They went back to doing that at the very early stages of the game. Uribe fires the first warning signal uh, that Onana got a fingertip to and that's where it kind of said, all right, let's – Let's be a little bit more cautious. Let's regroup and let's adjust. Uh, so, uh, and I thought that Inter did a very good job of that. I, I, my man of the match was Francesco Acerbi, uh, who had a big responsibility in organizing the back three, keeping them organized, and basically made Mehdi Taremi a non-factor um, in this game. Taremi got off a few chances, but nothing that gave Onana a, a, a great deal of trouble that I recall. Um, but then when when Inzaghi made the adjustments, and when Inter made the adjustments in game, you saw one of the notable things uh, that you saw that the back three played with a great, great deal of discipline. Because and, and, and the pundit called it out in the first half. Medi Taremi was 
allowed to go back for the ball without somebody marking him and chasing him there. I mean, there was – Porto's working through the middle third of the pitch and Taremi's showing in that space, and the interback three were still another 10 to 15 yards behind. They were, you know, smart analysis of what your opponent is and saying, okay, maybe Taremi doesn't hurt me uh, from the center circle, okay? Maybe Taremi hurts me in the penalty area. Right. So if he wants to go and get a ball and if he wants to go and we're just – go ahead. We're going to sit back. We're going to wait for you to come because what, what's made it to me? He's a finisher and he's a hold-up play type guy. He's not going to go at people. He's not going to create his own goal. Largely, you know, he needs service. So I thought that was very smart because if you chase him into those center circles, now you expose that back three a little bit. And now you've got midfielders getting ready to run through guys like – Guys like Galeno who can maybe dart in diagonally behind exactly. and get that. The back three, keeping that discipline, keeping that shape and staying behind and not, not over-covering and over-chasing took away a lot of things that Porto probably would have liked to have gotten, gotten away with. Made them predictable in their attack. Now, predict there's predictable and predictable and still getting your chances, and Porto got a ton of them. Um, yeah. Onana came up with some big saves. You had the big goal line save from Dumfries, and then you know the the, the post and the and the you know and, and the crossbar coming to the rescue. Onana um, had a goal line save as well after the Dumfries one. Exactly. So um, so while they made Porto predictable, it still wasn't comfortable. Um, you know, Never and, is with them. And, yeah, and and you still had to and you still had to see it out. Um, you know, and I'm not I'm not degrading the way Porto played, and I'm not saying that no. you know interward it was a defensive. You know, again, they made Porto predictable, but Porto still got their chances and still got some pretty dangerous chances. Um, and some of that was Porto doing a good job of taking what was given to them. Um, Uribe having some chances from distance. Grujic, I think, uh, came close on a couple of occasions. Um, you know, so. Um, Conceição was furious that Inter didn't go for the win. Well, that's not that's not that's not Inter's problem. Inter oh. took the advantage to, to Porto. You got to you got to unlock them. Correct. Um, you know it's you know, and I, I played six DraftKings lineups, and five of them had Onana because I knew that okay, Porto have to chase this. They're going to be doing more of the shooting, and I'll just trust Onana to make a bunch of saves. So yep. I didn't win anything big. I I profited pretty good. Um, helped to have Holland in every single lineup. By the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, um, but anyway, it was it, it was smart. Inter didn't go taking a whole bunch of risks, except for maybe about those opening ten minutes or so that you alluded to. Exactly. You know, and then the counter. You know, we usually see Inter being more clinical in those counterattacking situations. It's a missed pass here, a missed pass there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you walk out of there, you survived, um, you survive, and and you go on. Now, <laughs> the Derby d'Italia this weekend, I just what's what's going to be left of them against Juve after they just fought for their lives to stay in this competition? That's going to be very very interesting too. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm 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 my man of the match was a Serbian. Don't get me wrong; I thought Chalinola was excellent. I thought Mkhitaryan was excellent. Yep. I thought Dumfries was a complete clown in the first half, but then I think in the second half he Made was necessary, not just for the goal line save, 
uh, but for the responsibility that he had in tracking Galeno, he was yeah. really the only yeah. guy left on the pitch that had any degree of pace that could keep up with him. Correct. Um, and sticking to that responsibility and seeing it through. So Onana um, was my man of the match. You know, I I know for Interisi or the Inter's uh, Twitter or whatever or their social media, they had Chalinolo as a man of the match. For me, is Onana. Um, yeah. You know, you have a when you have a quality goalkeeper, they may not necessarily always get the opportunity or get that many shots. Onana had you know quite like five saves in this game, but you expect your goalkeeper to make the saves when it when it counts, and he did throughout the game. In particular, yeah. at the death when you know um, they had a header and he got it right off the goal line it was a beautiful save by him. So that's my man of the match. And, you know, I, I can see why Cherubi is because he did pocket Taremi for the most part in that game. And so, yeah, I mean, you, it's, it's, um, the whole team did a pretty good job overall. They did the job that they had to do. They played the counter game. Wasn't, it wasn't clinical, like you said, but that's what they, they're more, most comfortable in. You let mm -hmm. them have the ball. You take your chances when you can and don't expose yourself. I, I think you're right. The back three were fantastic and the same discipline. Uh, I thought the, the midfielders of Barella, when, especially when Brozovic came in as well, kind of locked up shop, helped lock up shop for the most mm -hmm. part. They still had a couple chances at the end. But, yeah, great performance by Inter. They fully deserve to move on. Possibly a Derby de la Madonina in the in the quarterfinals. We'll see. That would mm -hmm. mean a guaranteed semifinals for one of the Italian teams. But uh, yep. we'll see. We'll see. Yep. So, you you and, and, and I don't have an argument if somebody wants to say Onana is man of the match. I don't have the – I you know – yeah. There were certain players. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to poke holes at certain players, you probably could poke holes at Lataro. Um, yeah. I think Lataro had one touch of the ball, like in the, about the first thirty-two minutes of the game. I think um, he was still shook up from that Spezia, perfor Spezia performance. So. Uh, the missed penalty. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I think he's he's still having nightmares of Dragowski because what did he have? Yeah, like he was six fantastic. shots on target on Dragowski. Yeah, he saves or something. Yeah, saved the penalty, made a couple of other key saves. So yeah, just just bizarre. So I, but Inter go through. Um, you know, we we didn't get a chance to talk about Milan's performance against Tottenham uh, since uh, the last time we were on. So let's let's touch on that as long as we're talking Champions League here, Richard. Um, they also. Now, look, I don't know if that's the Italian – or they did the Italian job better than Inter. I'm willing to debate that because I look at these performances and Porto with 21 shots, seven on target, you know, others that hit woodwork, um, Tottenham Hotspur in the space of 90 minutes in a game that they had to win nine shots with two on target. Um you know, the expected goals for Tottenham on that game was 0 0.47. Um, and then the expected goals for Porto in this game was 1.69. <laughs> so that's basically telling you with the chances that Porto had, they should have scored almost two goals in this game. So does weigh this up. I mean, is it is it Milan for not giving Tottenham a sniff or is it Inter for being able to, you know, in particular Onana uh, for the shot stopping? I mean, you could probably make an argument either way. I'm going to go with the Milan side because you, in, over the course of 90 minutes against an opponent who needed to overturn a one nil result that had Harry Kane, that had him in son that started with Kuliszewski, but brought on Richarlison and, you hold them to two shots on target all game, nine all nine nine shots altogether. I I think Milan did it better than Tottenham. And on top of that, Milan outshot Tottenham. 
yeah. and probably could have won their game. Yeah, and that's a uh, that's a fair shot too. I mean, you you give it a quality opponent limited amount of chances. The defensive seller, I thought in that game, uh, they did what they had to do. Uh, and since you picked Milan, I'll pick Inter because Inter faced a lot more shots than, than Milan did. Now, granted, the, maybe defense has something to do with it, right? But mm-hmm. Inter came up big. Yes, Magnon played well, as did Onana. Onana may had to make his saves when he had you know, to keep the team inside. A Cherubi was fantastic against, you know, arguably their best player in Taremi. Um, this is this is uh, you know, you split in the hairs here, I think, because I think either yeah. way, it's almost an identical performance in terms of it's zero zero. You shut out the other team, you know, one yes, one team had one more, more shots than the other. Uh, both goalkeepers are stellar. Both goalkeepers have to make a game-saving save at the at the death, almost identical locations, right? And so it's it's funny because both these teams are from the same city. It wasn't exactly the same, but the result was the same. It was defensive either way. So, I mean, if you tell me Milan was a better performance or you tell me Inter's better performance, I would argue either way. It's, I think it's so close. It's just a minuscule d- d- differences, I think. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree if anybody said, you know, one team or the other in this situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I guess, I guess you could say beauty is in the, in, in the eye yeah. of the beholder. You know, and I'm not just saying this because I support the red and black. I, when you can take, when you can play Harry Kane and Hyungbin Son and those guys out of a match altogether where they aren't dangerous at all, um, I think that speaks louder. Where to Eduardo's point in the chat, Inter might have gotten lucky. Okay, Um, the the header by Gruyich tournament. Yeah, the the header by Gruyich is six centimeters lower. Oh yeah, this game's an extra time. Yeah. Um, you know, if Dumfries isn't there in that position, this game is an extra time, and who knows what would have happened. So, um, but I like the I like the argument that Dominic made made that he said you know uh, Inter because Conte wasn't charging or leading his team for the win. I mean, between the two managers of Conte and Conte Sal, Conte Sal looked like he was he wanted it more. He had, he was more angry about it. Conte seemed like he was resigned to the loss, like in the seventy fifth minute or something. He's like, okay, we're gonna lose this game, or we're not gonna sure. win this game. So. It's over. And Costa Sal looked like he was in it to the end. He got, I think he got the red card at the end or something like that, or he got a yellow at least. So, I mean, it, it, it's splitting hairs, honestly, with both, with both these games. And I think our friend Michael Lisi's got a poll about it. Doesn't he have a poll to this effect? You texted me about it. Yep, yep. Like, who who, who had the better performance? And it's it's splitting hairs. And yeah. you could say the same thing about who had the bigger save at the end. Was it Magnon's save on Harry Kane, or was it Onana on whoever was a shot at, you know, making that diving save off the header? Again, oh, I thought Mignon's was more impressive. I mean that that was, I think he was, I think he was screened, yeah, uh, in which in, in which he saw it. So, yeah, um, I mean, again, both both polls are, you have a lot of arguments either way, and and I wouldn't argue either way for either either poll, but like who you think is better, um, that's how close it was. Um, but yeah, it's just two games that are tough to call, two teams from the same city getting the result during the quarterfinals, and you know just waiting on Napoli to do their thing. Uh, to make it three teams, and I think that's it's it's huge for City A, and 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 Mr. Bob says, what does it do for the coefficient for City A or Italy? I should say, and I'm not exactly sure, but it should. It, as every year, it's, it's bragging rights if nothing else. So every year it raises the, it, yeah. English I mean, clubs are saying, oh, we got the most, or the German clubs say the most, or, or, or La Liga. So now it's City A with the most uh, clubs. You know, it's going to help cement. It's going to help cement uh, being able to send four teams to the Champions League. It's what it, you know at a minimum. It's what's it's going to do that. Yeah. Um, I would, do we want, do we want a Derby in the quarterfinals? It's tricky, right? What's that? It's tricky because 
one, you'd love to see a derby in the Senate. We, I remember back in 2003, we had the derby before we had, you know, Milan Juventus and 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 the finals. Um, and anytime you have a big game like this in the Champions League, it just raises the bar. The TFOs are even more amazing than they already are. Uh, and then it guarantees one of the clubs to be in the semifinals, which you want. But also, you'd like to see all three teams go to the semifinals if possible, right? Yeah. But then you you have the possibility of facing a Bayern, a Man City. I mean, one of these big teams. I mean, regardless, you're going to yeah. have to beat a big team to win the Champions League. Uh, mm-hmm. But when do you want to play them? You're going to play them now or guarantee a team into the semifinals? I think for all three teams, in particular the two Milanese clubs, where they've gotten to in this, in this tournament is, is great. If they get any better, it's cherry on top. I think the way Napoli playing this year, they almost have to get to the semifinals at minimum uh, yeah. to kind of show that they are the real deal. We know they are, but you know, for the world to see that they're a real deal. But yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. I would love to see it, but I also want to see all three teams progress in the semifinals. I don't know how the chances are, but you know. Yep. I would say I, I'd love to see it because it assures a, a City I team in the semifinals, but you're going to look at these eight teams that are going to be through now. Um, to the next stage, you know, Milan, Chelsea, um, Bayern. Uh, who was on the other side of that? Um, so Benfica is a team. Benfica, yes, Benfica, Chelsea, Milan, Bayern. Benfica, City, Chelsea can be had. Inter, City, Napoli, and Real Madrid, presumably. Huh. Yeah. Um, four heavyweights, legit heavyweights, and then two teams who can be had. Um, I mean, I would love to see a Derby del Madonina in the semifinals for sure, but yeah, I mean, you're, uh, you're it's hard here. Like, like I said, do you take the chance and fight one of these big dogs, heavyweights, and take your chance? And, and anything's possible. I but, just think they're, I just think they're all big dogs at this stage of the game. I mean, I, yeah, you oh, know, yeah. I, I even think Ben, I, Benfica is really good, and I think people are going to be foolish if they just think that's the, you know, th- that you know, the, you always see the. Uh, you always see the picture of the girl that the three guys are trying to hit on yeah, and, yeah. And, and they've got the, with the logos and that sort of thing. I think yeah. you're making a big, big mistake. If you assume that Benfica is that girl, because Benfica's damn good. Even, even with the departure of Enzo Fernandez, they're, they're a solid side. They've got experience yes. with players in the back. So they've good got at home. attacking talent going forward. And yes, they are damn good at home. Um, Juventus learned that the hard way. <laughs> uh, so, um, Every team that's left is is good, and it's going to be very very intriguing to see how that draw turns out on Friday. So, yeah. um, it's not a Mourinho Chelsea. That defense is still shaky, but Bob, I'm starting to see signs of life with this Chelsea team. Uh, starting with that Borussia Dortmund game, and then they followed it up with a win at Leicester. Okay, Leicester sucks right now. They they can't def- they can't defend anybody. How they beat Tottenham four one is anybody's guess, but um, but when you're looking at a Chelsea team that have a lot of very, very good parts. And Potter, I think, is starting to slowly figure out who his guys are. They're they're not a cheap out. They're not a, no, you know, no. they're winnable, they're but not, not a cheap, cheap out of any think. stretch. Yeah. So I think um, Eduardo brings up a good point too for the for the inter Milan discussion, you know, why you would want to see the derbies because more than likely they're gonna be the two Milanese clubs are gonna be underdogs in the next round. More than likely, depending on who they play, but yeah, they're gonna be so yeah, the possibility if they don't play each other they both could possibly be out. And so at least you would have one of them if they played each other going into the semifinals. So, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of questions you can debate back and forth, you know. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Dortmund were unlucky. Yeah, Dortmund, had a, Dortmund, yeah. Dortmund had a litany of injuries, no question about it. Um, but, I, you know, up until the penalty, 
that was still up for grabs. And I think Dortmund still carved out some chances at Stanford bridge, yeah. but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not selling Chelsea short. I I'm seeing a team that can take a game like that to, and then follow that up with a win in their league. And that's how you build confidence. Kai um, Havertz is good. Kai Havertz is good. He's, he's worth a billion. He's, he's underrated. Good. Yes. Really, really underrated. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, it's and and you know, quick preview of tomorrow's game, um, if we can here, uh, Richard, and then we'll talk about. Um, should we talk about the uh, match week twenty six after this, or should we just go? Uh, uh, should we just talk about the Europa and the conference uh, matchups? Uh, we can stick to Europe and then end it on the Syria. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Our league games are taking a back seat. This is what happens when we when we have teams doing so well in Europe. We got to talk yeah. about the European yeah. part of it. So Napoli uh, 2-0 advantage against Eintracht Frankfurt. Eintracht Frankfurt will be without Randall Kolomwani, who is suspended. Uh, and it's believed that Jesper Lindstrom and Ansgar Knauf are both out through injury. I'm hearing too. They're fucked. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. Okay, so you've got Kamada and Goza who are going to probably support Santos Bore mm-hmm. in attack is the way it's going to work for Frankfurt. So, you know, so then, so that basically you take a lot of the pace away from what Frankfurt have, with the exception of Kamada, perhaps. Um, but you have a little bit more of a technical side that can maybe that can maybe create some problems, um, you know, with what they've got available. But ultimately, I just, I just, I, I see. I see Napoli actually making pretty quick work of Frankfurt here. Um, maybe a quick goal or two before halftime. Um, you yeah. see Alcimin coming off. You see a couple other guys coming off. You see this thing just kind of getting played out. Um, and uh, maybe Frankfurt gets a goal going the other way. But I think Napoli win the match, win the tie. Uh, and then that gives us our third Serie A team going through. What do you think? <coughs> Depends on who the starting lineup is for, for Napoli. I mean... Hopefully, oh, he'll start his best guys. There's no way. Say, he's... Hopefully, they take this serious because if they yeah. do, they could get easily three goals in this game, and they should be winning or game over by halftime. Um, and I, I saw Spalletti's press conference today or this weekend after his game, and he's saying the right things. He, you know, yes, Napoli have a massive lead in the league, and they're doing well in Champions League, but they gotta still be hungry no matter what and keep fighting. And I think, yep. you know, keep your best guys out there and and do the job, see it through. And then if you get the substantial lead, you pull them, start pulling them for you know for rest. Um, but yeah, I think Napoli should win with as many bodies that Frankfurt are losing. And even if Frankfurt are fully fully you know fully fit, I would still favor Napoli. But even now with some of their key guys out, especially Kolomuani, um, it should be quick work like you said. And I, and I, I do I, I think two goals before halftime is is fair. And you'll probably see three goals by the end of the day. Uh, and so it should be it should be three teams into the quarterfinals for Serie A, which should be fantastic. Let me ask you this: Who? Oh, well, it's going to be Simeone because Raspadori's out. So, uh, so Simeone, for my uh, for my uh, investment purposes, if I'm playing DraftKings, if okay, so Simeone doesn't start, but he comes on as a sub. Do you think he scores? Yeah, he's he he is one of those players, kind of like a um, oh my god, um, <laughs> Luis Muriel. They don't need many minutes. They go in there, they're hungry for goals, they get goals, yep. and and Simeone is on a team like. Napoli, yes, the way Osman plays, he's just is uncomparable in the league in terms of what kind of striker he is. But yeah. Simeone 
is a good striker. He had, what, 18, 17, 18 goals last season. He knows how to get to the right place at the right time. He knows how to play with his team. He's got a good amount of goals this year for being a backup. Um, he'll get a he'll get a goal. He'll be trying hard for it because he wants to prove that he belongs on this. Uh, you know, getting some minutes, more minutes than he's getting. So, um, yeah, I, I look for some young to score in this game, or if not, be involved in like an assist or something. He's gonna be involved. He just he is that kind of player. He's a he's a, he's a fun player to watch, and he's a, a big asset for Napoli for sure. I just see Kamada and Goetz just running right into Angisa and Lobotka, and. Yeah. And, and being limited, and, and, and Bob's talking about comedy. I agree, he's a good player. He's going. He, is he going to Dortmund for free? Because I think this was his. This was the end of his contract. Is that yeah, what ended might. up happening? Yeah, he might okay. be. Yeah, Dortmund's already kind of shoring up for when they have to sell Bellingham, right? Yeah, there you go. So, and Malin probably. They'll sell. You think they'll sell Malin at the end of the? Uh, Maybe. Where's Malin going? Uh, probably England. England. I would guess. I would guess. I don't. I don't know if he's an England striker, though. Oh, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying he'll he'll be sold for money. Yeah, and that's probably the likely location. They got more money there. I mean, someone like if uh, I can see a team like West Ham if they stay up would probably yeah. take a gamble on him. Yeah, yeah, probably so. one of the one of the lower bottom half table teams who have the money but just need some talented players to come on. You know, that's what that kind of stuff. You see, West Ham is a good good shout there. Um, Villa if they stay up, and you know some of these other teams. So. Yep. Everton. You're tuned in to Euro sit down. <laughs> We're talking about other talking about players from other leagues now all of a sudden. <laughs> Not back to Arsenal, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um so that's where we're at with Napoli and Frankfurt. Um let's uh we just I mean it's it's cut and dry. We we think it's done. Uh we we'd probably feel differently if uh Colomani wasn't suspended because the threat would still be there. Uh, so let's talk now here, Richard. Let's get into Europa League. Uh, Freiburg and Juve, uh, one nil to Juve in the first leg. Um, the Juve fought off Freiburg in the first leg, I felt. Um, you know, now they have to go to Germany. You know, uh, through being, you know, th- through your through your work with Schalke and, and following Bundesliga. We talked about Grifo, we talk about uh, Don, we talk about Gregorich, uh, Ginter. Uh, talk about the atmosphere that Freiburg is going to present and the challenge that it's going to present to Juventus. It's a it's a very underrated stadium to go and watch uh, or go and watch to, to, to play against because uh, the crowd's right on top of you. Uh, you know they got some really good players over there. Um, look, you know. Grifo gets a lot of attention, and right, rightly so, but Holaire and Salai and some of these other guys, they can score goals as well. Agustin is very good from the midfield, but uh, you know the crowd will be on them. Um, is it a place that's super daunting? Like if you if you talk about the most daunting places in Germany, Freiburg probably not in the top five, definitely not in top five, maybe not in top ten, but it doesn't mean it's not any any less daunting. Um, and so it's definitely gonna be a difficult challenge. I give Juventus full credit for the way they completely shut down. We talk about you know. The defensive masterclass by you know Milan and and uh, yeah. and Inter, what Juventus did to to shut down Grifo and company was fantastic. I mean, they arguably got no no real chances in that game. Freiburg yeah. did, and Juventus they didn't capitalize enough. And I don't I don't the one goal lead is just you know it's both teams are still in it, um, and Juventus is going to have to score I think away because I, I feel Freiburg will score at home. Um, but you got to give them credit for what Allegri and company did. They were just 
brilliantly defensively. They shut him down. They didn't need any more goals, but you know maybe they should have, in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a tight game, I think. And again, I think Juve will have to score because I, I feel Freiburg will score this game. And um, I would love to have egg in my face. And if Juventus do another masterclass again on the road this time, hey, full credit to them. They deserve it. But I, you know, I, I've seen this team enough. Uh, Strike is a fantastic manager, and he'll have his team ready. They play for him like he's very similar. They play for him the way Atleti play for Simeone. Okay. Um, he, he he's a he's an inspirational coach, a motivational coach. Um, they've drawn his emotion. He's a highly emotional guy. So um, yeah, they'll be ready to play. I think at home for sure. And so Juve has got to get it right. Di Maria was brilliant. I think in the first game, I thought he was like by far the best player over there. Um, Brammer was decent. I mean, the team was just, it was overall it was a good good performance by Juventus. So um, yeah, we'll see if they do it again. It, Juve will win tight, but it's going to be either way. It's it's not going to be easy for them. Um, <laughs> Milan did the Italian job in London. Inter did the Italian job at the Regal. Max Allegri will probably say, uh, "What hold my Chianti?" <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think that that's what you're, you're. I think you're going to see that too. They'll set up. They'll be in. They'll be in certain blocks that make it difficult for Freiburg to find room um, and keep things in front of them. I, you know, um, Freiburg had one shot last game. One shot. Yeah. I'm going to keep banging the drum. I think Juve's real. Ta- they're taking this seriously. Not that they're aggressively attacking everybody that they play against, but it appears to me that they 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 are putting a high value on this competition. They should. It's winnable. And when you get into a matchup like this, I think I want to I, I want to err on the talent, and I think Juventus has more talent. Yes. Now, is the talent properly utilized? No. Hell no. Um. And I think as a result, Juventus have more players that can find a way to get the goal that they need to get them through. They probably might concede one, but then they'll just get one right back. Um, so I'm going to go score a draw here. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, and uh, Juventus, again, 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 just like Inter having to go to Porto, they didn't have to win at Porto. They just had to, get, they just had to yeah. qualify. Juventus doesn't have to win. They sure they, they better not lose, but they don't have to win. And I think it's the same environment. I think you have Allegri, who is a master when it comes to these kind of tactics. The only thing that I get concerned about with Juventus defense is is they have been a sieve defensively, especially in away games. Yeah. Um, so that is concerning. But I think that they'll they'll band together, they'll put it together, get the job done, and go through. I think it's a one-one draw. I think I, I agree with you. Talent-wise, they are the superior team of the two, um, but they have to be careful because I, I talked about strike can bring the emotional aspect and bring that crowd into it, um, and Juve have to match the intensity emotionally. You can't just win. You can't just win a game on talent alone. Um, we saw by both Inter and Milan, they were able to grasp grasp some of that emotional aspect of it. And that allowed them to continue to play stellar defensively and get those shutouts in those games. Juve, when they get tested emotionally, because the crowd will will get into it at some point, mat, trying to match in some some way. If you just try to beat on pure talent and try to breeze through it, you're going to get in trouble. They got to find a way just to have some kind of, and you know, Di Maria will bring it right. Um, yeah. Some of these guys, Cuadrado probably as well. Um, but 
they're gonna have to match not necessarily match but show some emotion in the game to stay vested in it because last thing you want as uh, as a team that has the superior talent is to not bring the emotion in it at all while the other team is fully vested in the emotions and you're gonna lose that kind of game almost every time so that's the only thing they gotta be worried about. I think Juventus, if Allegri does Allegri things like Mr. Bob is saying, they should get by. But again, I don't, I don't see a two-three nothing victory in this. It's possible. But Pogba cup tied to Manuel. Pogba's hurt again, isn't he? Did he get hurt again? Uh no, he's not hurt. He's been benched. For the last he's not cup. He's not cup tied. He's been on. He's been at Juve since the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, he so. he he got benched the last game, the, the the first leg, and then his last game for Juventus because he came to practice late or something. And Allegri's like, nah, "Fuck that bullshit! You're 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 not playing for us." So yeah. he's been benched for two games. Whether he comes back or not, we'll see for this for this game. Um, but that's Allegri sending a message to Pogba is like, "I don't care who you are, you need to come to you need to do your job and be there on time, it be the example for everyone else." So, all right, rock fight part two. Uh, now in uh, Sociedad, uh, Real Sociedad, Roma. Again, and you have another one of these Catenaccio type, perfectly happy to set his team up to let the other team have the ball managers in Jose Mourinho, and he is taking a lead to Sociedad. And again, like Inter and Thursday, potentially like Juve, they don't have to win. They better not lose, but they don't have to win. Correct. And it's a Real Sociedad team in their last three home games in La Liga scored a grand, scoring a grand total of one goal. Um, this isn't a team that scores a lot. And if they I, – I, you know what? I Initially, I said Real Sociedad would knock Roma out. But Roma getting the win at the Olimpico. By two and, goals. Was it two? That's two nothing, wasn't it? Was it two nil? I believe it was. I was one nil. I, no, I, two I nothing. It's two nothing. Yeah, two nothing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it is two nothing. I, I thought they won one nil. I must. Have, I must have turned off the game halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. So I should be better prepared than that. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we all make mistakes. It's, it's a good thing we don't get paid to do this. Two nil. I mean, two nil against a team that in their last three home games in the Liga has scored once. Okay, yeah. and it's not like they played. It's not like they played a whole bunch of, uh, um, you know, they they couldn't score against Cadiz. Uh, they got their goal against Celta Vigo after Celta Vigo were down to 10 men. Yeah. And they were beaten by Valladolid. Um, no, actually, they, they scored. I, I'll be fair about Sociedad. They did score before the red card happened uh, when they played uh, uh, Celta Vigo. But that's that's not a promising credential. Yeah. Um, Sociedad will try to hammer away. They'll try to shoot. Roma will resist, and then they'll go the other way, and they'll score. I, I Roma win one nil. I then they win three nil on aggregate. I'm completely changing my tune about this tie. Going into it, I thought Sociedad would knock them out, but I did. I I, I was too. I obviously thought I thought Sociedad would win both ties. Honestly, um, but I, I was very impressed by the way Roma came out in this game. I'll shut out. We had a fantastic goal, and obviously Kambula getting the. Uh, the goal in the 87th minute to kind of put the icing on the cake. One goal lead, you're like, okay, anything is still possible. I mean, it was fairly even for the most part, but uh, two nothing lead and a team that's struggling to score at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you tend to say that, hey, you, you should probably favor for Roma in this situation. Uh, I, I see like a score draw. This one, I think Roma move on. That's possible. Surprise. Too, sure. Um, and good for Roma. They they 
they came out. I was not expecting them to do the performance that they had in this game against a uh, quality opponent like Real Sociedad. And so, you know, kudos to Mourinho for getting the team ready for, you know, in this game. And yeah, um, again, they play similar to how they played in the first game. They're moving on and uh, that'd be a fantastic result for City A. And part of the indictment here for Real Sociedad is that they really don't have a striker that can unlock Roma. They don't have wingers that can unlock Roma like what Sassuolo did to them over the weekend. It's, you know, they have David Silva, who's 80 years old. They have Alexander Sorloff, who's a just kind of your classic nine and is kind of a stiff when he's up there. Um, You know, they've got some dynamic play from their midfield, uh, you know, but that's not going to be enough. Um, And like I said, I I actually think Roma go there and, and, and actually win. Um, you know, but it's, uh, you know, but I, I can see a score draw happening to your point too. So, yeah. um, and don't discount Dybala. Uh, he's been coming out huge for them lately. Had a great goal this weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, he catch him on a counterattack, him and Abraham or, you know, Pellegrini even, um, yeah, don't be surprised. So, yep. Yep. Definitely. All right. Let's get on to the conference league. Are we surprised that Fiorentina only hold a 1-0 advantage against uh, Sivaspor? Because Sivaspor then just went on the road to Istanbul Spore and lose 3-0, yeah. uh, get a player sent off. This was, you know, they're, they're conceding goals left and right, but let's just, let's just revisit the uh, first leg that was at the Artemio Franchi. Fiorentina, 63% possession, outshot Sivaspor, 21 to 8. Yeah. Okay. They don't have to lose, um, or they don't have to win, I should say, in Turkey. They're not, but but they're going to win. Um, I just, yeah. I, I think they're just way too talented for Sivaspor. Uh, I don't think they're going to, to do the Italian job because Vincenzo Italiano just doesn't do that. Um, and I think they put a couple quick goals on the board early, uh, give themselves some separation. They should have, they should have won this by a distance the first time they played each other. It didn't happen. Um, and, uh, but I think that they will, uh, they will rectify where they, they didn't get it right, uh, the first time around, uh, and go through, I'm going to go three, one to Fiorentina, uh, and they qualify for the last day of the conference league. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, Siva Sports not doing that great at the moment at home or in the league, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, Fiorentina's been playing very well both in the league and in, in conference league. So, you know, hey, I mean, why would we go against a horse that's not you know broken or anything? So, yeah, I think I think Fiorentina can get a result this game, especially if they get a goal early. I mean, that Anthony Baracco was nice, but you know, they should have had more. And if they can get one early in the game. You put all the pressure on Ziva Sport to come out of their shell, and maybe that opens up for more goals, you know, against them. So, um, yeah, I think Fiorentina have been playing uh, a lot better. You know, the two teams in 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 the Conference League, based on their league form in in, in Europe, you would have said Fiorentina would have continued that momentum. And they 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 did in the first game. I, I think they'll continue that in the second game for sure. Sure, they'll win. Okay, and then Lazio is the only team, you know, out of the Serie A teams taking a a disadvantage uh, to their second leg, and they have to go to Holland to play Asad Alkmaar. Um, I, you know, you you look at the strength of this performance. Asad Alkmaar had two shots on target in the first leg in Rome, and they were both goals. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, 
truly disappointing uh, that um, uh, that Lazio were on the wrong end of this. Um, that's right. They played this on Tuesday. Ah, ah, now I know why they had to play this on a Tuesday last week because Roma had a home match in the Europa League too. Yeah. And they couldn't play on the same day since they share the Olympico. It, it comes together sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but going to going to the Netherlands, I mean, players like Carlson, Pavlidis, uh, Jordi Klasi, who's still playing. Yeah. Believe decent it or player. not. Decent he's player. De- and, he, and he's been, and he was, de- he was, he was decent against Lazio. Um, Kerkes on the left-hand side. Lazio have to go and chase this game, and I am not a con- I am not confident in the Lazio team that has to chase this game against the team that attacks well, yeah. um, and that can probably counter well as a result. I think that this could end up being a very entertaining game if Lazio is invested in it. I think what's going to be telling Richard is what what Saudi puts out there for a lineup. That's going to be the biggest indicator of whether or not they actually give a shit about this, or if they're just going to say, look. We need to worry more about finishing top four or having our guys ready for that because I can find Lazio really being in that situation at this point. Yeah, no, that's fair, and I'm curious to see who, they came, who comes out. I think in, in the first leg, uh, I think we talked about this last week, I thought Pedro and I thought Sergei Malinkovic-Savic were very poor. Both They both had cost mistakes that led to each of the goals, um, and so they have to be a lot better. If Lazio want any chance, and then depending on the lineup, obviously, if they all if they start the same lineup, um, they have to be a lot better, and I think if both those players play well, it's going to be an open game. It's going to have to be because Lazio are going to be chasing, like you said, but I think Lazio have a good opportunity to to get a result. It's going to be difficult, especially a team that likes to counter and score goals like as Akmar can, but um, we'll see. I mean, they, it's going to be the most difficult for all Italian teams. It's for Lazio is the most difficult by far. They're obviously going down in a disadvantage, um, and the, the first game, it's demoralizing. You give up, you know, you're, you're actually with your opponent, they get two quality chances and they score both those goals. Uh, but granted, they were preventable, like I said, because Pedro and, and Sergio Milkovic on both plays made some bad plays that led to the goals. So, yeah, if they clean their stuff up, I, I think they have a chance. But it's going to be – they're going to have to win something like 3-2 to get it in extra time or something, and who knows then. But uh, I, I, I'm not confident in picking Lazio, unfortunately, as much as I want them to. And I would love to see all Italian teams progress in, in Europe. Uh, I, I find that one a taller task than, than the others, I think. Uh, so I agree. I think they lose by a goal overall. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I just think it's a, I think it's a score draw in Holland and I lose, they lose by one on aggregate. Yeah. Trademark Lazio let down. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so but maybe, maybe they push on the top four, like you said, because it's a top four that nobody wants. So it's, yeah, speaking of which, let's go. Let's jump into City on uh, then. All uh, right. Top four that nobody wants. I'll, I'll, I'll run through the scores here for us. Please um, And uh, I go from there. Everything started on Friday with Spezia uh, shocking enter by two goals to one. We had a missed penalty from Lotaro Martinez uh, in the first half. Um, surprised that Caldara didn't get sent off for that challenge on D'Ambrosio. Yes, uh, we've seen it so many that times this high. league. It studs up. I mean, yeah, it should have been a red. Hmm. But it wasn't Andragovsky, who was an absolute star in this game. Uh, and somebody, like I said earlier in this podcast, that Lataro Martinez is having nightmares about, um, uh, you know, coming up big. 
Uh, Maldini's boy coming on in the second half in the 55th minute, hold up play by Mbala until Mbala has got to get on a better team. Yeah. Um, I just I was, flat out got to get on a better team. He is I was thinking so over the weekend he would look so good at Milan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not a bad destination for him. Um, with his, you know, I mean, his physicality and, you know, having a little more pace than Giroud, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, Lukaku penalty in the 83rd minute because they said, okay, Lataro, we can't have you take another one. Confidence is shattered. Yeah. But then four minutes later, Spezia get a penalty, which, Enzola scores, yeah. uh, and that takes Enzola's tally on the season in Serie A to 12, 12, 12 yeah. uh, through 22 games. That is amazing for a team for the team that yeah. he plays for. Yeah. Um, somebody better get him. Yeah. Uh, that's all I. That's all I can keep saying. Another guy we've been talking about all season long. You know, we we saw from the beginning, saw from last year. We know who the kind of player this was, and so yeah, fantastic player. Hopefully, he gets on a better team, a top six team, because. He's good enough. He he'll help a team, no doubt about it. I mean, twelve goals for one of the worst teams in the league. He can he can help out a good team for sure. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Saturday morning's action began with Empoli and Udinese. That was a one nil win for uh, the Friuli. Uh, a goal from Rodrigo Becao uh, in the fifty fourth minute. He always seems to pop up and score these, and he scores yeah. important goals. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Napoli hosting Atalanta. Napoli winning by two goals to nil. Should have won by more in all actuality. Yes, that goal, Vicek Fadetskalia, uh, <laughs> probably now has the lead in the clubhouse for goal of the season. And oh, that, was um, nice. that was nice. Uh, and uh, let's see. Um, Rafael Toloi's jockstrap is is just firmly planted in the Diego Mar- Armando Maradona Stadium. Yeah. And just will not be retrieved anytime soon. Rahmani, uh off a corner kick, uh, sealing the match uh, for Napoli. Bologna and Lazio, that game ended in a nil-nil draw. Bologna deserved to win this game with the chances that they created. Oh, yeah. um, uh, shame that they did not see it through. But, you know, just more of a uh, testament to the job that Tiago Mota has done with that team uh, and could be in line for a bigger project uh in the not too distant future um lecce at lecce is suddenly no longer a fortress they seem to just be dropping games left and right this time torino goes there and wins uh goals in the 20th and 23rd minute uh sango in the 20th and then it was sanabria in the 23rd um good performance for Torino on the day uh playing on the counter-attack it was lecce having a little bit more of the ball and i think a lot of that was after Torino got the lead. Torino was able to sit back, let them come at them, yeah. uh, and see the game out. Fiorentina uh, continuing their ascent in the league, beating Torino to, or I mean, not Torino, sorry, Cremonese uh, by two goals to nil. I mean, if there's anybody, uh, uh, if there's anybody I'm happiest for for scoring a goal this weekend, it's Rolando, Rolando Mandragora. Um, goal and assist, yeah. Well, I mean, just because of how he's been performing for Fiorentina since going yeah. over there, yeah, um, I think it's 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 been highly underrated. It's not been it's not been talked about enough. I think he's been very very good for them. Uh, a big big reason why Fiorentina is starting to find their winning ways, uh, you know, in in league. And to your point, in the fiftieth minute, he assisted Arthur Cabral. Cabral scoring goals certainly doesn't hurt either. Um, so we had a one one draw between Hellas Verona and Monza. 
Uh, Simone Verdi in the 51st minute. Good to see Stefano Sensi back in action uh, yeah. and scoring a goal in the 55th. And then a couple wild ones there on Sunday, Richard. Roma and Sassuolo, 4-3 to Sassuolo at the Olympico. It was all about Armand Loriente. Uh, masterclass for him, two goals, one assist. Uh, Berardi with a penalty, scoring a penalty. Pinamonte on the goal that Loriente assisted. And then you had Zalewski, Dybala, uh, and uh, – oh, gosh, wrong scroll. Um Vinaldum, uh, you know, scoring for Roma. Very entertaining game. I think Sassuolo setting the tone and getting a couple of goals early made it so. 36 total shots in this game, 17 total shots on target. So the goalkeepers had to do their work or else there would have been more goals. Um, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you, if you watch this game, you were not disappointed. Great advert for yeah. City on yeah, the quality – uh, that it's capable of producing. And then not to be outdone, Juventus and Sampdoria, 4-2 to Juventus. And I think some of this has to do with uh, Allegri dusting off Leonardo Benucci, um, who once again was all over the place in a game. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Bremer, uh, his counterpart, scoring in scoring on a uh, corner, and then Rabio scoring in the 26th to make it 2-0. And you think Juve are cruising, but not so fast. Uh, Augello scoring in the 31st minute, and then Duracic from uh, Zanoli in the 32nd, making beautiful it 2-2. Goal. Yeah, beautiful goal there. Um, and then uh, it's kind of – it was almost kind of like optically an illusion because when you looked at it, you almost thought he reboned. Um, yeah. The yeah, way yeah, his yeah. feet were. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, just strange. Um, Rabiot would get his second, uh, this one from Fajoli in the 64th minute. Dusan Vlaovic, oh dear Lord, what's wrong with this guy? Well, we we knew this would be a problem for Juventus and that they spent too much money on him, but, you know, only the people that listen to Serie A sit-down would know that, right? That's right, that's right. So, we t- in the long run, okay, fine, flashed a few goals when he, when he first started, but now he's kind of faded out a little bit and ugh, it's not good. Um but and I think the missed, I think that penalty hitting the woodwork is a just a summing point of of where he's been at uh, in his form for Juve and then Mattia Sula uh, scoring in the 94th minute to put it away uh, for the old lady and then finally on Monday I was getting ready to leave this out but I should talk about it uh, Milan won Salernitana won. 24 shots for Milan in this game. They could only get one. Uh, and then a complete lack of concentration from them defensively. It was Giroud on the goal from Milan just before halftime yeah. on the corner from Benacer. Uh And then a uh, complete lack of concentration defensively, marking, anything like that. Uh, just schoolboy stuff from Milan, allowing Gradovich to find Bulaidia in the 61st minute to make it uh, a 1-1 one, one draw. Uh, Milan not starting an Italian international for the first time since the 94-95 season. What do you think of that? I mean, they had a pretty good team back then too, right? Um, they were good, yeah. I, I'm not too concerned. I mean, if it was like they're, you know, if it's just one game or whatever, that's fine. But, you know, Berlusconi would be flipping. It would never happen under Berlusconi uh, anymore just because you yeah. know how he is these days. Um, but, uh yeah, I have no issue with it. I think, you know, one, you're coming off a of Champions League, you know, trying to rest some guys, rotate some guys. Um, I think the the three attackers, they didn't um, perform too well that, that well, and they brought in some guys off the bench, and they put a little better. But 
I mean, it was his lack of concentration all the way overall. It, it felt like very much a trap game. I thought I didn't think Milan played particularly bad. I think Salernitana deserves a lot of credit for the way they played. Mm-hmm. Magnon made some mistakes. I mean, Magnon had a fantastic Nesta-like tackle on yeah. uh, on Dia on a breakaway. I could have they could have gave him a lead there. Uh, but Magnon had a mistake also that gave away that he had to make a save on earlier in the game. Um, Chow obviously had the mistake that led to that breakaway. Uh, something that everyone was making mistakes in the game uh, from of all different Leao and Giroud all the way back. And so the team was just off a clear trap game for them. And Salernitana made them pay. And, and, and Ochoa came up brilliant too. He made some big saves in the game. Um, a brilliant uh, double save. I mean, Milan could have had a win if not for Kalulu, who stopped the goal from going over the line. I mean, yeah. he was laying on the goal line. I think he was a little lazy on, on that play. And, and, and the result hits his elbow and saves it you know, from going in. So. All the way around, Milan had their chances. They did not finish, and they only have themselves to blame. And, and Salernitana deserve a lot of credit. Again, Ochoa, since he's been with, with Salernitana, has really done some wonders with them. Paulo Souza has been another boost for them as well as a manager. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's um, a good result for them, not for Milan. But, you know, again, it's top four. Nobody wants us either of these positions. I mean, what do you make of, of that game in general? You know, I... I... I think the only thing I can be disappointed about is the result. Um, you know, when I look at Milan on a different day, I mean, how many chances did they have that they would have probably scored? I mean, I thought they controlled the game. I thought they controlled the possession. Were they a little bit shaky in certain counterattacking situations? Well, obviously, because of the one they conceded. Um, but, you know, this is a game that they normally win. And this, this goes back to my point. And as fans, we get – easily frustrated when they don't win games they're supposed to win. Well, guess what? The other team actually trains and actually prepares to play you, okay, and finds ways to scratch and claw points, especially a team like Salernitana who's desperate and needs to try to get some points to secure some degree of safety. I saw Nima tweeting about Inter in the build-up to the Spezia game, saying he is scared to death of the idea that D'Ambrosio and Handanovic was going to start against Spezia, a Spezia team that's desperate for points. So, you know, Milan shuffles the pack a little bit. They give Tonali a rest. They try to give Tonali a rest, um, you know, and uh, it's – you're going to have to find and pick and choose spots where you can – where, where you're going to have, you know, you're going to have to, okay, this guy's got to sit this game. This guy, if when you're, if you're going to play every three days from here to the rest of the season, that's just going to be an inevitability. And as such, when you don't have your regular guys, your regular lineup that you trust the most, you're making yourself vulnerable to drop some points. If the next guy up isn't ready to step up. And in Milan's case, that's not the case. Cause we've seen Kroonich play really well. We've say, seen Benacer play really well. All right. Um, Milan dropped these two points out of a complete lack, lack of concentration defensively that allowed uh, Dia in on the cross from Bradovic. That's it. Okay. Other than that, they could have just, they, if, if that didn't happen, they should have been able to stroll through this game with a 1 0 win and probably even should have gotten a second at some point in the game, too. And that was to your point, Ochoa with some heroics. Um, Pioli's insistence of Origi ahead of Rebic because. Can I come, can I come some waters first? Like so, we are old enough to to have seen many versions of Milan and throughout yeah. their history, and in particular, typically when Milan challenges for a Champions League, as they're doing this year, 
they typically don't do well in the league. They, right. they rarely are top of the table in both or top of the table in City and also challenging deep for deep in Champions League. Um, the last two Champions League that they won or are involved in or uh, one, I would say, so 07 and 03, um, they were third at best in their leagues. Like third in 03 and I think fourth or fifth in, uh, in 07. Um, and so those teams were stacked compared to the team now, right? Mm-hmm. If, you look at, if you look at the talent that they had. And so yeah. not so much with Inter, but with Milan in particular, you got to pick your poisons about when you're going to go all in and when you're going to play your best games. And if Milan at this point of the season, I, I don't think they're going to – I know they're not going to Champions League, but they're, they're, they're putting a lot – they're investing a lot in Champions League at the moment. You saw that in, in, in the two legs against Tottenham. It's going to take a hit on your on your in your league performance. Atalanta seen that firsthand, right? Inter not so much. Obviously, when they won the treble in 2011, they were just a fantastic team all the way around, uh, and they won three titles. But Milan not, it hasn't really been the case, and I'm not trying to take blame away from from Pioli and company because they they deserve it. I don't think there's enough depth there. I certainly think the the Champions League encounter had something to do with it. Um, do I think Leao has been super poor? No. Has he been off? Yes. His final clinical touch has not been there um he was always kind of taking these shots but he, he would always score so you kind of overlook that right um and i think also he's becoming a player that's he just won mvp has is getting a bigger head and i'm not saying that in a bad way he feels more confident about himself he's going to take more chances it's natural right um how many times has zlatan or a Messi or the, or the ronaldo's of the world just start trying to take over games and do stupid things that don't always work it happens uh and says so the natural evolution of the game but i think yeah it's it's Milan is off. Uh, they're not playing well, but I, I would say all those people are saying Pioli out. It's like, no, look, we're in the race. You're within three points of second place, and it's no. Not you the don't sack a manager when you're in a, when you're in the middle of chasing things. And you're in the quarterfinals not. of Champions League. It's like you got to take yeah. things in perspective. You got to look into the history of things. I think, and so it's it's hard, and I get it. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not as worried as many people are. But I I do want to see improved. It's not the best performance. You know, it's not consistent at all. But again, you're in two big tournaments at the moment. Well, Syria and then um, trying to get into the Champions League spot, and then obviously Champions League. So you got to pick your poison. We're not depth. We don't have the depth to. We're like Real Madrid. We can battle on every front. You know. Um, Ali's asking. This reminds me of Berlusconi's era when they won their first Scudetto. Second year, they dropped the league and won the UCL. Remember who won the Scudetto that season? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so they. 89, they and I'm doing this without look, trying to look at anything up. 89, they won, they did the double. 89, they beat Stalbo Caress the final, and then they won Serie A. Uh, 89, 90, they lost the title, but they beat Benfica in the final. They um, Sampdoria won the, the title, didn't they that year? I want to say it was Sampdoria, but Sampdoria was in the Champions League final in '92. Was it? Or was it '91? Ooh, it might be ninety one, man. That's really tough. No, was it was or was ninety one when Red Star won it when they beat Marseille? Marseille, yeah, I think you're right. And then yeah. ninety two was when Sampdoria reached the final and and lost to Barcelona. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so man, who won the ti- who won the title that year? In eighty nine ninety, was that was that was that was Napoli, wasn't it? I thought they won. No, Napoli was eighty eight. Napoli was eighty eight. Yeah, you're right. Parma. <laughs> no, what Parma didn't win a Parma didn't win a Scudetto in that during that run. Um, oh, that's good. Good question. Yeah, eighty nine ninety Scudetto winner. I'm looking this up because I give up. <laughs> I still say Sampdoria, but 
It was Napoli. Okay. Wow. Eighty nine ninety. Diego Maradona. Look at yeah. that. There you go. Yeah. Eighty nine. Eighty nine ninety. So there you so, go. So hey, it's uh coming back, coming back the way it was, and I should have read that. You know, reading Ali Oxenfree's uh, smile there. So yeah. Should have figured that one out, I guess. <laughs> I thought they would have won earlier, but yeah, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, Sampdoria didn't win it until another year or so later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety-one was the uh, Red Star Marseille final, and and that went to penalties. That uh, was arguably people. This is what outside, arguably as boring as the O three final between Milan and Juve. So. Well, we um, overlooked the 0-3 one just because the final result. Yeah, no, we, no, we don't care if you were bored with that game. Yeah. We're happy with it. Shevchenko so. with the winner and <laughs> yeah. So um, those might have been arguably the two most boring yeah. Champions League finals, uh, just for a, from a neutral's perspective. <sighs> uh, back uh, when City, I was on top. Yep. Oh, well, three teams. Three teams going to the quarters. We're, we're working our way back up. So, um, just remember in 07, everyone, it was three English teams, one Italian team, and everyone's saying, Oh, the English teams are gonna win the UCL. And you know, we saw that we had the panned out, so anything's possible. And all three Italian teams have a good chance. I would say Napoli have the best chance of the three, but anything is possible. Defense wins championships, so we'll see. Atalanta scoreless in three straight, one goal in their last four. Ugh. Have they been found out? Is it has this change that Gasparini went to, you know, where, where he doesn't have the higher playmaker like an Ilicic or a, or, a, or a Melanovsky, and now he's kind of trying to run some more. He wants the playmaking more from the from that midfield with guys like Copeliners. Is is that been has that been found out to you? It's hard because you look at who they played here in the last uh, few weeks. Obviously, we know they played Milan and, and, and Napoli. Those are Tall task there, um, but Udinese was the other one, um, and maybe, maybe they scored one goal against Lecce as well. Um, they did beat Lazio, so I don't know. I mean, two of those games were against good defenses, Napoli and Milan, um, and the Udinese game was they had a lot of opportunities. It just didn't get the result they wanted, um, and then Lecce beat them obviously. So I mean, maybe they had it's a little bit of found out and a little bit of playing good teams. So I mean. I think when teams like Udinese and Lecce let you have the ball and, and force you to try to beat them and they hit you on the counterattack, they're, they're one-dimensional. Um, yeah. And then, So maybe in a way, yes, they're found out because you know at least the, the, the two teams with the big defenses can stuff you out and you have no opportunities. I mean, Milan barely made Atalanta register a shot in that game and then you know Napoli did a good job, I think six shots, three on target, but you know, they allowed so... Yeah, maybe it's a little bit of, uh, of that, you know, and then they're plan- they're trying to be too pragmatic, I guess, and it's um, not creating enough chances. I, I... Are, are they forced to be, though, without Cup Miners? Because when you look at this lineup, wh- who's the playmaker? You know, I mean, Mela, maybe, and and that's really not what you look for him for. Yeah, It's not Aderson, it's not Daron, it's not Pasolic. Um, you know, those guys are just all energy guys, you know. Yeah. Um, Zapata and Hoyland benefit from service, yeah. You know, and you know, in certain instances, Hoyland can benefit from Zapata's hold up play and running off of him, and if, if Zapata is able to turn and find him, 
I mean, Pasalic is supposed to be that playmaker. He had 10 goals, 10 assists last year, or 10 goals, 11 assists last year. He was fantastic. Um, he's supposed to be a playmaker. Ederson, they're kind of hoping he becomes one. Darun is certainly not. He's a stay-at-home guy. But, I mean, like, they they have so many weapons that they don't know what to do with, and they never like to start them all at the same time. I mean, like, if you had Boga and you had Lokman out there at the same time with this, if you could figure out a way to do that, or even add Muriel. I don't know why he never plays Muriel and Zapata anymore together. Um they have options. They just never use them. It's Gasparini being stubborn, I guess, and thinking that, hey, we play super defensive. We're going to shut them down. But, like, your three back defense isn't working, really. You know, it's not working out. Toloi is getting found out big time in the system. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just mismanagement of the goods that they have. Because, I mean, I think any manager would love to have the talent that they have, at, at, that Gasparini has at his disposal. I mean, you not finding a way to put Muriel, Boga, or Lookman as a starting on the starting lineup is is almost criminal to me. And yeah, I know you got Hoyland, Zapata, and Pasolich. But find a way to get all six out there. I don't care, or five of them. Come yeah. on. Yeah. It's just astonishing. Two through six either drew or lost. Yeah. Nobody wants Which top four. Bringing Juventus back into the picture. To your point, uh, still ten. There's still ten back of fourth, which. I, I think that's I think that's a bridge too far with twelve games left. Uh, but live for one of the Europa League places, or they go win the Europa League to get back into the Champions League. But I see Sassuolo winning three on the bounce now. Fiorentina winning three on the bounce. Teams that are getting better. I actually think this top half and some of these remaining European places are going to get pretty interesting if these teams can keep up their form. If the top, uh, you know, the top six continue to play as ass as they have been. Juventus might be sneaking in here really soon here if they can find the performances. Um, I kind of want to talk some tra- controversy here, if you don't mind. Um, Go ahead. Both in the Roma game and the Juventus game. So okay. Romans, Romanisti are, are screaming, you know, hey, we, you got yes, we got the red card, but you should have looked at Berardi for his play, his part in the play. You watch the replay, Berardi does stick his leg up in the crotch area of Kumbula. Uh, he has it, it's, his leg is there. It's not like he's kicking motion or anything, but it's it's in the crotch, and then Kabula reacts. My react. Well, what what was your thought on that on that red card that happened there? I watched it, and I just came away just saying the whole time that it was just really dumb from Kabula. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Berardi shouldn't have done that. And if, mm-hmm. if in the same situation as Kabula, I would have done the exact same thing. But I think Kabula is at fault there, and he gets a red card. The refs are not going to call him for his foot being up there. If he kicked like Kambula did, yes, absolutely. Uh, but the, uh, they want to say like, hey, look, he, he kind of started this. His, his, his foot was in there. Blah, blah, blah. Guys are going to agitate guys all the time. And it's, it's, they always catch the people who react. And, and Kambula reacted. I would have reacted too. I would have deserved a red if I did the same thing. And I think, you know. To that point, don't retaliate. You got to learn how to just kind of get out of that situation. It's hard. You like Zlatan and get them, get them back later in the game, right? When the referee's not looking or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Store it in your memory bank, and then a few minutes later, when the the, the cameras aren't on you and the referee's eyes aren't on you, that's when you get them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's the know, gamesmanship that goes with that. Exactly, and then everyone's, everyone's obviously talking about Lodiente. We've been talking about him all season. Another guy who should be, uh, I think Anthony said it earlier in the chat, is like another guy who should be in a, in a top 16. This guy is talented. He would help with the depth-wise, you know, with uh, any team. So good to see him get two goals and an assist in this game. And then oh, going over to the other controversy in Juventus game, um, Rabio's second goal, the third goal of the game, there was a handball there. I don't know why they didn't go to the, the VAR. You could, If you watch the replay... 
Rabio's reaction immediately is like he looks over to the referee and like uh, I didn't do it. I mean, it looked like a guilty I was face. Why he didn't celebrate there? Because I yeah, I mean, it's he... a guilty face. And you watch the replay, and he clearly hits his hand. I don't, I'm not saying it's intentional, but his hand was out, and it hits his hand, and he knocks, and, and it gets knocked out, and he scores the goal. Um, but, you know, why they didn't take it back? I think Juventus ultimately would have won anyway, but maybe, yeah. maybe not. Maybe it would have been closer. I mean, Sampdoria had a great reaction after the first two goals going down, That you know, yep. the two goals they scored. So I can see the beef where people say, like, what, what's going on here? You know, you know, and so maybe maybe Sampdoria got Juventus, uh, Juve'd. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I, that still I exists. It's still, it's still it's still viable, yes. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if you saw that, but that third goal definitely his reaction was I'm guilty. He didn't celebrate, and then he eventually he's like, okay, hey, I got away with it. And even at the end of the game, I think he's he said like winking at one of the um, uh, Sampdoria players, like, hey, you know, hey, they didn't call that one, <laughs> you know. So hey, it is what it is. You play you play for the whistle, I guess. Got away with murder, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Probably the best way you can say it. So. Oh yeah, I, I I just looked at that. I was just trying to figure out why he wasn't celebrating because I, I guess I didn't I didn't catch all that. But uh, yeah. it, it, now now, now that you think of this, uh, you know, yeah, we've seen this before with yeah, Juventus and the treatment that they'll get from time to time. Yeah. So, um, other than that, you just you, you you look at the bottom teams real quick. If we touch on them, I mean, Cremonese, Semptor. I mean, I think it's time to officially put. Uh, dirt on both of their campaigns. I mean, twelve points, twelve points out with twelve to play is just too much. Um, yeah, it's time for life and steady be with them. Verona, they have had two great. To me, this should be more of a this just this should be more of a thing than it is. Coming out of zero zero, a great opportunity against Betsy. I needed to beat them. Um, probably should have beaten them. Nil yeah. nil. Now following that up, one one against Monza at home. I mean, for a team that's trying to survive, they're dropping some points that they really can't afford to drop. Yeah. Um, and then Spezia now getting this huge win over Inter. <clears throat> I still think there's plenty of football to play for Verona to overcome Spezia. And I, I think that assessing the teams, Verona's probably the more talented team than Spezia aside from – and. And inside from Enzolo, who's probably the best player on either team. Yeah, that's all right. Good. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say when you look at them, when you look at their respective collectives, Verona's talent more talented. Yeah. But Spezia has the best player on both teams. Yeah. I still think there's I, – I still think that Spezia aren't safe. I think that Verona can still do something about this. But then the other thing is, is that – Empoli have lost three on the bounce now. Empoli have been win- haven't won a game in quite a while now, to be honest. Yeah, Monza's um, dropped. Monza's dropped to the table. Yep. Uh, Lecce have lost three on the bounce. Yeah. Monza's okay. They're on thirty three points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but Lecce's on twenty seven. Salernitana twenty six. Empoli twenty eight. That's that's enough to be uncomfortable. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, you know, one of, and and it's not out of the question that one of those teams could have a complete collapse before this is over with. You know, as we're, I'm still trying to figure out Hellas Verona's path for survival here. Yeah, they're gonna get some. They need to get some victories here, like Spezia got over Inter. Um, that's gonna be their main competition, I think. Salernitana of of Empoli, Lecce, Salernitana, Spezia. I think Salernitana are the most 
most I'd put money on because they have Ochoa and Goal, and he's been fantastic for them. I think Paulo Souza has been a, a good addition for them as well. Yeah, Eppoli, I'm worried about Lecce. You know, the last couple of results have kind of worried me, uh, and obviously Spezia are, are the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, we saw last year goals doesn't necessarily save you from from relegation, right? We saw that with Cagliari with João Pedro again. You know, he gets his 15 goals a year, and they still get demoted or relegated. Mm-hmm. So. Just because Enzola scoring goals doesn't mean they're going to be safe. So, yeah, Verona saw the chance here. They got to get wins, though. You you know, draws and are not going to do it, especially got a five-point gap. You got, what, uh, 12 games to go? <sighs> That's going to be who you're going to target right now is Spezia and hoping that Lecce and Empoli kind of drop back into their realm. But right now they're just going to have to watch or not, score watch and, and beat what Spezia is doing every week or at least match them for time being. But... They had to have that game against Spezia last week or whatever, and they didn't get it, so yeah. it hurt them. Would have made it more interesting, that's for yeah. sure. <sighs> we agree on goal slash plays of the week, and we only – I think each of us only have a top three. I mean, I I think you agree with mine. Number one is Quadratelia's goal. Yeah, um, number two is Mignon's tackle, and number three is Dybala's goal. I don't think we can deviate from that. Um, I would, I would, I would say this. I said there's another Roman goal that I like more. It doesn't mean it necessarily was better. Uh, Dybala's goal was fantastic. I thought Zalewski's volley was nice because I think, I think, he intentionally hit it off the ground and, and made it bounce over the goalkeeper. I think if he did that, that's, that's, that's number three for me. That would be something. That would be impressive. Yeah, uh, if he shanked it and went in, okay, then yeah, for sure Dybala. But I think both Roman goals are nice. Um, and obviously, you know, shout out to Maldini for scoring his goal against Inter. Uh, and and you know a nice play with Enzola there, and then obviously the yeah. uh, Torino set piece goal. It was a it was a training ground set piece that Sango scored uh, backdoor. So you know kudos to them as well. But yeah, Cavaradona number one, and Mike Magnon with a fantastic tackle on um, Bulaya Dia uh, to save the game. Really, there it was brilliant. So yep. All right. Well, that's that's that. So we've uh, we've covered Serie A from top to bottom as we always have. We've taken a look at the uh european outlook as it's looking better and better right now for our city our team so there's only one thing left let's get yeah. to the world's most popular hashtag game it's time for who won cal show twitter take it away Ray. all right first coming in here is uh saturn yon and uh so he says uh well first original tweet was uh well it's a bunch of pictures so i'll just read the tweet the tweet is uh donnarumma left milan saying he had different ambitions milan won the scudetto Right away the next season, and then made it further in the Champions League while he goes home after round 16. Milan has different ambition, ambitions, better ones. Nice. Yo, so here's the different ambitions. Milan gets the title. Donnarumma goes home after losing to Bayern, and then Milan, you know, are in the quarterfinals. So, <laughs> right. You're right. All right. Moving on. Do you have Benny Hill music in the background for this? Of course, I always do. Have I not noticed this? Apparently. <laughs> uh this one got nominated a couple of times at cfc dubois uh hey city divine upgrade you've got donnarumma in tears you've got mignon celebrating <laughs> yeah yeah uh, a few people were tweeting that out so uh there goes another one right there same one by anthony uh apex uh <laughs> it says uh harry kane never had a chance it is Ciao, Kalulu, Tamori, and Mike Magnon. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Oh, no. 
gets worse. <laughs> oh my <laughs> lord. Oh, let's see. Uh, uh, our friend Michael Lisi, the real BBC, retweeting <laughs> at Rossinetti blog. What a performance tonight! Kalulu, Chow, and uh, and Tamori. And oh, by the way, shout out to the asshole play-by-play guy last week who kept calling Chow Teo and oh, having know, me confused know, over which guy he was talking about. Oh, I know, I know. I was like, who the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I get it now. I get it now. Um, and by the way, for those right. of you who don't have a dirty mind like us. BBC is not uh, Barzali, Bonucci, and Chiellini. It's uh, big black. You finish the rest of it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's no. what that's what Lisi's getting at there. All right. So, uh, uh, all right. What happened to our standards? Where's our standards? Can we invite our friends <laughs> over? That's what happens. <laughs> uh, moving on, Pharaoh uh, Willie at, at the Music Wally says uh, Ter Hernandez is only good because Fode Balatore pushes him in training. Without Fode. We would have been lost. Hope nobody signs him in the near future. We need winners. <laughs> <laughs> Balo Torre is the is the is the man. Sh- sure. <laughs> oh, my all God. right. At our friend Nima, enter uh, new logo if Trump buys the club. It's just the the the, the hey, Trump hairdo is- over the Inter logo. Oh my God. All right. Uh, oh God. This one comes from Dom. It's at Dom Apuzzo, and it's uh, Biggie Smalls if Vlahovic was a shooter. <laughs> okay, hold on a second here. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's good. oh, man. Still alive. Still alive. <laughs> With an age progression. I like that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm actually warming up to that one. All Dom Apuzzo. Right. Okay. Yeah. We, I'm putting that in the clubhouse. All that, right. that one in Saturnion is, is yeah. Hey, Tasteless as that one was. Oh, All right. Man. Pat Troll underscore football. 2018 joined Juventus and destroyed their long dominance in Serie A. 2021 joined Man United and sent them to Europa. 2022, zero World Cup knockout goals after playing at five World Cups. 2023, Al Nasser was top of the table before he joined. It is now second and lost the Saudi Super Cup. Unreal consistency. <laughs> uh, former Juventus player Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. Uh, next one coming up from uh, Napolinismo says, Kiesa, I have some pain in the knee. The J Medical Doctor is just slicing him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's also Love Milan Lab it. as well. That's Milan Lab as well. So, Love to see it. All right, from <laughs> double underscore Nelitsuri on the pitch of the Cavada goal. <laughs> The same guy did another celebration that uh, uh, Big Show uh, tagged last week, too, but that guy's funny. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, I know many of this came from Instagram, but but it's uh, <laughs> Harry Kane's uh, Harry Kane fail. It goes for the kick. Way over the goal. And then it's a Rick roll. <laughs> So, uh, oh, no, not awesome. too bad. What do we got here that uh, Bob Lex nominated? I oh. got so excited and lost it. Uh, we got Nima with you. Do realize that it's Adrian Rabio and not Lolo Ferrari playing for Juventus, so it's biologically impossible for it to be Rabio's chest. <laughs> yes, Left either. Rabio's arm, right pick, Lolo Ferrari's chest. Yeah, yeah. About the difference. 
there you can see the hand by handball by by um by rubio so <laughs> we're bringing we're bringing dead adult film stars into the into the into the who won Calcio twitter what happened what happened to our standards <laughs> they they they've shifted they've shifted apparently um so this has come from uh, uncle sharma and it's uh dumfries tonight apparently he's not a fan and i have daddy ice cream nahi ice cream Ice cream, oh yeah, ice cream, tangy tad. Ice cream, not ice cream, ice cream. Yeah, ice cream. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> At Interphilly, uh, if we get knocked out of Europe, dressed as a curious, curious George's dad. <laughs> yeah, and all yellow. Inter's oh, all yellow. Or the uh, Morton that's... Salt Girl, which, which that that would apply too, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, right. uh, Sooning out, it's El Principe, and it's his uh, Napoli and on June 4th, when the last, the last day of City Out, when they ho- hoist the title. The city's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> A guy carried his daughter or something, I guess. So. Oh, my God. That's good. That's good. That's, that's good. And it might have me for June 4th, but yes, yes. Uh, let's see. Uh... Inter Haiti, former, formerly known as Inter Haiti, is now uh, at Dave underscore five hundred nine. It's uh, so Porto came out with this post, and you know Bonetti and everybody was up in arms about it for sure. Yeah, you know, making fun of Italians, stereotypes. So he says, uh, "I'll order ten pizzas, thank you very much. Extra cocaine on it, please." Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. We've got another one at SNK Guzman. Uh, this is nominated by Sergio. <laughs> Denzel Dumfries 2022-23 skills best skills and highlights the new Micon. Oh, that's funny that it should be. Oh, he's like, what did I do? Oh man, that's good. Looked like he was trying to rip off the guy's Sanusi's junk there. I know, I know. All right, moving on. Uh Nemo at the next one, and his mood is. I love this guy. <laughs> I keep thinking it's Florenzi. <laughs> oh, dude, that's good. I like Gianni when he does it because he does it every time Juventus are out of Champions League and he posts it. It's like Mr. Consistency there. Yeah. Uh, 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 Uncle Sharma piggybacking the previous one, Dumfries yeah. Best Skills 2023, just a good still of it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's oh man, that's a, who wins? That's oh, I got the la- I got a big laugh from the, the Dumfries one, but that's maybe me. I'm drinking beer, so it's funny, but I don't necessarily want to give it to Dumfries. <laughs> um, I'd like the Napoli one. That the city's on fire after they win the title, <laughs> carrying your loved ones around, you know, trying to escape the city. <laughs> I'm kind of um, going for that one too from El yeah. Principe 22 because it was so unexpected. I think you know, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah, this is the winner. Yeah, that's the winner. Anything but Saturn. I mean, I the, the, the Saturn. Saturn that's, I, I just can't allow that to be the winner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, Napoli. I mean, it's gonna be that when they win. They're gonna burn the city down. You know, and good for them. It's inevitable at this point. 
They might meet. They might reach uh, match week thirty. Like I said, two four more weeks. They might have the title wrapped up. They have a, a eighteen point lead, and it just seems like every team below them is willing to give them the title sooner than they they expected. So, um, congratulations to Napoli, I guess. <laughs> oh, we're finding some new winners. Yeah. And I think it also tugs on the heartstrings of the old winner with uh, Don Totti when, when Roma fans were burning down the city and you had Elmo going down <laughs> the city. <laughs> it reminds me of that a lot, too. So that's another reason why it wins, you know? So, yeah. Oh, my God. I guess I I'll go with this. On I'll go with this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah. All right. So at <sighs> El Principe 22 underscore, congratulations. You're this week's winner of Who Won Calcio Twitter. Well played, sir. Oh, well played. Oh, man. So uh, anything else to say to the people here? No, chat. Thank you, guys. Again, coming out, questions, comments. I love it. Love having you guys on here. Um, outside of that, um, yeah, I got nothing. Just ready for more the Champions League game tomorrow and then seeing the draw on Friday or I guess whatever day it is uh, to see what happens in the next round of the quarterfinals. Will we have a, a derby Will we have Napoli versus one of the Milan clubs? Will we? Who knows what's going to happen? So I'm curious to see how that pans out. Yep, I, I agree. It's going to be it's going to be certainly exciting. We've got Derby d'Italia on uh, on the weekend as well. Yeah, big um, game. I believe that is on Sunday. Um, is that Sunday? Yeah, it's on Sunday. Uh, Three forty-five East, two forty-five Central, and then prior to that. Derby della Capitale. Man, we got a big weekend. Yeah. City. Coming Milan could jump into second place after all these games. Yeah, they could. That they could. That they could. And Milan traveled to Udinese on Saturday. That's not a given, nope. uh, especially the way Milan have been running. Um, Friday, we have uh, Atalanta hosting Empoli, Sassuolo, Spezia. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the Serie A slate uh, for everybody. Uh, any thoughts on the Derby della Capitale or the uh, Derby d'Italia? Um. You know, if you it's based on solely on current form, Roma should have the advantage. But man, it is who's technically the home game, home team is it Roma this time? What's that? Who's the who's the home team in the derby? Uh, I, thought I thought it was Lazio. Lazio, okay. Man, um, oh, that's. I'm gonna go. Man, I don't. Yeah. That's a tough call. Uh, I'm gonna say draw because I can't. I can't. I, I, part of me wants to say that Lazio are going to be livid about their loss in Europa League or Conference League, that they're going to want to perform well, and Roma are going to have a letdown after their, their big win over Sociedad. But um, yeah, maybe not so much. And Roma probably get pissed off after their loss against Sassuolo. So, I mean, anything is possible. I, I would say draw. Score draw. Score draw. I would say 2 2 in that game. And then Derby d'Italia. Um, I would not be shocked at a Juventus win. Juve's been playing pretty well lately. Inter have stumbled a lot, but it is a big game. And of the two teams, I think Inter are the superior team, but I'm going to call a Juventus win and making, making people think that they have a chance at the top four. I'm going to go with Inter to win that game, but narrowly. I mean, I would say, yeah, what's left of Inter, but they do get to come home. You got Juve, who's going to be coming from Freiburg, uh, you know, uh, so Inter's going to have the benefit of a couple of days rest. Um, I, I think that Inter will win it and win it narrowly. It's, Juve's away form in this league against good teams have been has been troubling to me, and I don't see that getting better. Um, 
I'm going to go with Inter. I'm going to go with Inter for the win. It's going to be a narrow one, one nil. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. So, so and uh, as for Lazio Roma, Lazio at home has has been a thing this year, haven't they? And in the derby, and in the derby, the two. And in the derby, I'm going to go with them two one over Roma. I think it's going to be that, that one's going to be an exciting game. So, so we'll see. So, and we're going to put a bow on this edition of City I Sit Down. Uh, you can find us uh, with our own channel on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there is podcast. There is City I Sit Down. I'm at FTC underscore twenty one. There. If I can, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he is Richard Carmen at r underscore k h a r m a n at city. I sit down on Twitter, Instagram. Hit us up with some comments and thoughts. Uh, hashtag Who Won Calcio Twitter. Send the nominees in. Let's let's let, 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 let's get the dead adult film stars out of there, and let's <laughs> the, and some of the other raunchy stuff. Let's you know I you know I'm I'm, I'm getting old. I'm going to be 48 years old on Friday, and it's just like only so much of that I can absorb these days in my old age. So I can't unsee Harry Kane and Pigtail sitting on a couch <laughs> with. The, the red Fury of Milan and Mignon getting ready to pounce. Oh my god. <laughs> so anyway uh so uh also also go and find us on uh facebook um uh so check us out there wait who won calcio i with that reply to porto's pre-message no we don't sorry eduardo we're not endorsing that um so uh i think that's it next tuesday night richard do it again yeah, yeah. We'll have the new draws of the Champions League for the quarterfinals, so we can talk about that and then uh, see all the, the big derbies that are happening this weekend. So, yeah, excited about it. Yep, looking forward to uh, to conversations, seeing how the draws turn out to your point. Um, and uh, engaging in conversation with the chat again, because they were amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, thank you guys uh, for your contribution. If you're watching us for the first time, please, uh, a like would be appreciated. Uh, a subscribe would be even better and then hitting that notification bell so you know when we're on the air would also be important Uh, so please do that for us as well so we will see you all next Tuesday enjoy Napoli tomorrow enjoy our Serie A teams going at it on Thursday in the Europa and Conference Leagues Derby della Capitale Derby d'Italia big big weekend for Calcio big week for Calcio we'll talk about it again next Tuesday night for Richard and Frank make sure you tell your paisans about us Ciao. 